had surgery this week. Just so it, for those All right, you looking good for a surgery guy. Thank you. Thank you. Hernia surgery, but I, I had a lot of time laying in bed. Uh, you know, the doctor said, don't do anything. Just take it easy. Lay in bed. You know, just relax. And so when Steve Neff lays in bed and relaxes, a lot of random thoughts come into my head. Like I said, and knowing that I was going to speak today, um, a lot of random things I might share today that I I discovered. But, you know, the first thing, I I got out of surgery, and on Thursday I was in pain, and I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, all right, I'm speaking on Sunday. What, what the heck is Thanksgiving? Where did Thanksgiving yeah. come from? What, what's the story with Thanksgiving? So I did a little research on the Internet and found, you know, some information on Thanksgiving. Um, and then I, I thought, I read this one fact on the Internet. I hope it's true, but it talked about, <laughs> I talked about how the, there was 37 people that came over on the Mayflower that had kids back then. And they, mm-hmm. and. And it, it talked about how those kids had kids and families and kids and kids and kids and families. And now the descendants of those 37 people is 35 million people in the United States. Wow. And I, I just, that just struck me. I'm like, wait, is that true? Like that, that seems pretty crazy. So that means like, I mean, there's like 330 million people in the United States around. That means like one out of every 10 people. Probably someone in this group, you know, by percentages, is probably related to someone from the Mayflower. And um, I don't know, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, how cool would that be to, to like, do one of those ancestrythings.com or whatever they are and find out that you were related to someone in the past that, that had, did something that eventful. And... Um, and then I was thinking, we're, we've been studying through the book of Acts, and we've been, you know, we're up to like Acts 10. Peter did up to Acts 10 last week. And um, I just thought about Acts 10 and the people that it, the, the Acts is telling about. And I, I thought of this scripture. i got to take off my glasses here. I'm sorry. I can't read with my glasses. In Galatians 3, let me turn there. Verse 7, it says, um, Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. And then in verse 29 of, of chapter 3, it says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And I read those two scriptures and I thought, Wow, like... This is basically saying that our ancestors, spiritually, are those all going all the way back to Abraham. And all those people that we're reading about in Acts, those are our like tongues of fire, and they're able to speak in different languages. Hopefully you guys know what I'm talking about. Have you guys read Acts before? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, in, in, in chapter 2, verse 33, there's a scripture about how Jesus went up, ascended up to the right hand of God, was given the Spirit, and then he gave it to us down here on earth, which, which blew my mind. 
in chapter 2, verse 38, Peter preaches this, this amazing sermon. Remember, Peter's a fisherman, which blows my mind. He, he's a, just a guy who's catching fish. He stands up in Jerusalem and preaches to thousands of people about Jesus. And at the end of his sermon, people, the people are so cut to the heart, they say, what shall we do? And Peter's like, repent and be baptized. And you receive the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 4, Peter again stands up in front of the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law. A pretty intimidating group. He's a fisherman. It says he's full of the Spirit and he stands up and preaches to these learned men that know the Torah. They know about God. They, they're rulers. They're, they're like intimidating Peter preaches and says there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved except Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's, it's interesting in that in chapter 4, they hear this, these learned men, and they're astonished because they look at Peter and they go, he's a fisherman. How is he speaking like this to us? Right? And then in chapter 6, you have Stephen, who is the first martyr for Christianity. It says he was full of the Spirit. And he, he was debating with the, these learned men again, and they, they could not stand up against him because he was filled with the Spirit. And then in chapter 7, they stone Stephen. They kill Stephen. after he, he They can't argue with him, so what do they do? They, let's kill him. And they stone him. And it says Stephen was full of the Spirit and looked up to heaven. And it, it says in, within the, the, that chapter, it says his face was like the face of an angel. And he actually prayed for the people. God, forgive them like Jesus did. Um, in chapter 8, the Spirit tells Philip to go find the Ethiopian eunuch who's, who's on the road traveling, reading in Isaiah. And the Spirit says, go find him and help this guy. And the Ethiopian eunuch becomes a Christian. And then in chapter 9, we have a guest appearance of Jesus himself, which blows my mind. It's, you know, this is for Saul, who becomes Paul. Jesus, It says Jesus himself comes and appears to Saul. And he appears to Ananias and says, Ananias, go and help Saul out. He needs your help. I want this guy to be a, a leader and someone who reaches out to the Gentiles. Chapter 9, it says the church is strengthened and encouraged and, and just grew in number and multiplied because of the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 10, which um, Peter did last week, is all about Cornelius and his family. And that, that chapter is, I think five times it mentions the Holy Spirit. And the one thing that it just struck me, I, I found this quote by to Tozer, I, th I think you say his name. A.W. Tozer, or Tozer, he wrote this 50 years ago. He said, if the Holy Spirit was, was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would continue, and no one would know the difference. Mm. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the church in the book of Acts, 95% of what they did would stop, and everyone would know the difference. Wow. Mm, wow. It's pretty convicting. And when I read that, I thought about my own life. Right. Mm -hmm. right. I thought, 
Okay, Steve, you've been a Christian for 30 years, going back to 1991. How has the Holy Spirit acted in my life? If I wrote out my story since 1991, how many times would I mention the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit moving, the Holy Spirit acting. Um, I was convicted by that. And there are times, I can tell you stories, not today, but um, that... Magical things have happened, like like things I would consider a miracle yeah. has happened. There's been prayers that have been answered, that many prayers. Even this week, there's been some prayers. I was telling Brenda, like, three times this week, I prayed certain prayers, and they happened. And I was like, holy cow, like, awesome. that, it's cool when a prayer is answered, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. Um, and so, but... You know, I was thinking of all of us in our church. You know, I, I look out, and, and most of you I know, if you're visiting with, with us today, welcome. I don't know you, but I, I hope to get to know you. But those I know and those who have been baptized have, have put their faith in Jesus, their trust in Jesus, and have been baptized in, in, into Jesus Christ, I believe and you believe that your sins have been forgiven. But we also believe that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's all over Acts. And when we read Acts, we're seeing firsthand the Holy Spirit moving and acting. He's almost like the, the director of the whole thing, you know what I mean? Like just moving and acting within, like through us. And we're going to pick up in uh, Acts 11 here. It's funny because Steve um, Shaw asked me to, to just pick up where Peter dropped off just go through Acts 13, and I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm going to make it to 12, honestly, because <laughs> Acts 11 just really hit me hard this week where Peter dropped off, because um, it's funny, because I write in my Bible in the margins, and I had nothing next to this before I started looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, I think I'll just skip this little part right here, but after looking at it there, this week, I, I realized Holy, like now if you look at my Bible, it's just filled, <laughs> it's filled with colors. So yeah, right. uh, in verse 19 of Acts 11, it says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. So the, the first thing, I, I when I studied this out, you know, I read this and I thought, oh, this is right after... The Christians were scattered. It turns out this is seven years later. Hmm. So when Stephen was stoned, they came after all the Christians in Jerusalem after that, and they all split. They all left and went their separate ways because it was too dangerous. This is seven years later that for seven years they have been, you know, dispersing, going their own way, and this is the result. So for seven years these people have been traveling and going to Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch and telling mostly the Jews about Jesus. And one thing about Antioch, I looked it up. At that time, it was like 500,000 people. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, Burlington is 45,000 people. <laughs> wow. So it's like 10 times as many people as Burlington. Um, it was considered like the crossroads of that whole area back then. It was the third largest city. 
Um, I think Rome and Alexandria was, was before it. Yeah, actually, Rome and Alexandria were bigger than it. But it, but it was like a lot of people traveled through Antioch. Um, let's look at verse 20. It's interesting also because Peter did a whole thing last week about talking about how, you know, Peter, the apostles, you know, went and found Cornelius and his family and there were Gentiles and he, and he helped them to become Christians. And here it says in verse 19 that they only spoke to Jews, basically. So they, maybe they didn't get the message yet that this is open to Gentiles. But in verse 20, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Now what strikes me about this is up till now in Acts, there's always like a main character. There's Peter, there's Paul, there's Stephen. Every chapter, there's like a main character that's basically the Holy Spirit's working through. Something's happening. Here, you have these these disciples who aren't named. We don't know their names. But it says they went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also about Jesus. And that the, the, the uh, Greek word for speak there means normal conversation. They weren't preaching in the synagogue. They weren't on the streets, like, preaching the word of God. It just says they were speaking normal conversation with people about Jesus, which is pretty amazing to me. Like, we think sometimes when we read Acts, we think we got to be a Peter. we got to be a Paul. We have to stand up in Burlington in the... In the town square and proclaim the good news and thousands of people, these people just went around and met people and spoke to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, yeah. it's, 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 it's attainable. It's under, like, I read that and I go, that's us. That's us as a church, like, just speaking and having conversations with people about Jesus. Verse 21. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And I love that scripture because it's not about these people and their speaking. It's not even about maybe the people in the circumstances. What's it about? The Lord's hand. God's hand was on these people. God was blessing these people. And, you know, I think about nowadays, we want God's blessings, right? I know I read the news every day. I'm on the internet every day. I'm, I'm reading about COVID. I'm reading. My wife, my wife can attest every day. I'm like, hey, honey, guess how many cases in Vermont? I kind of drive her crazy, but um, I'm, 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 I'm like trying to forecast the trends before they happen. I'm like, oh, honey, it went up. It went up. Brenda's like, Steve, just chill out. Um, honey, it went down. It went down. Um, but it, it's not all about us. It's not about the facts. It's about God. No, God's no. in control of this whole thing. And I have a great spiritual wife who reminds me of those things. You know, I start freaking out. And she's like, see, God's in control. And I'm like, thank you, Brenda. Yep. Uh, verse 22. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. So, I mean, imagine this. So the church at Jerusalem, this struck them too because they're like, wait a second, who's leading this church in Antioch? 
who's teaching these people? Like, what study series did they take, they do to become a Christian? Like, are these, are these really Christians? What, what, what is the foundation of this church? Maybe they're concerned. God's not concerned. I think the people in Jerusalem were concerned. So they send Barnabas. Uh, Barnabas was also the son of encouragement. That's what his name means. Um, but if, if you don't know Barnabas in, in Acts 4, he sold the field and laid the money. His name was Joseph then. He, he sold the field, laid the money before the apostles and said, here's, here's some, I hope this helps. And they were like, this guy's encouraging. <laughs> uh, and then Barnabas, there's so many times where Barnabas goes and, and, and just encourages and helps people. And, and early on in Acts, he actually finds Peter and brings Peter to the apostles. The apostles and disciples were scared of, I'm uh, not Peter, he finds um, Paul, Saul at the time, and he brings him to the apostles, and they were scared of Saul because Saul had been finding Christians and killing them, basically, having them killed. And rightly so, they were scared of him, and, and Barnabas is the one that finds Saul and, and brings him to the, to the disciples and said, you know, this guy's okay. He's had an experience. And Jesus met him on the road, and he's had a life-changing experience and is saved now. Um, so Barnabas goes to Antioch in verse 23. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Evidence of the grace of God. What does the grace of God look like? You know, if someone came into this room this morning, if someone was part of our, our Thanksgiving fellowship and, and our eating our meal with us, what would they see? What does the grace of God look like? To me, in my mind, it's smiles, it's hugs, it's laughs, it's, 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 it's a lightness and a, um, a love of life that maybe a lot of people in the world don't have. I know before I was a Christian... Back in '91, I was weighted down. I was I was in a dark place. I remember that. Um, I used to I, I I bought a con not a, I was renting a condo and I thought, you know, I was moving. I moved out of an apartment. I was sharing with five women and got my own condo. And I thought I had life made. I was like, I'm renting a condo. I just became a manager of a store, making better money. I'm like, I'm living the life. And I, I just remember I was excited for a few weeks, but then I rem all I did was sit in my apartment by myself, my condo, and eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream every night. <laughs> <laughs> I, used to, I used to rent movies, come home, put the video in, this is when they had videos, and get a pint of Ben and Jerry's and just eat Ben and Jerry's. And after like a month of that and a lot of weight gain, um, I was like, man, what is my life about? Like, is this it? Is this all it's going to be? And um, as a manager of that store, I, I hired someone who came in. His name was Kofi, and he was from Africa. And um, I had fired a lot of people in that store at the time for stealing. I, I was like, what is going on with these employees? Everyone kept stealing from me. And this this um, guy came in from Africa, and his name was Kofi, and um, he interviewed with me. And, he, and, and I'm, I'm like, this guy seems really honest. I like this guy. And he's like, he's like, Steve, I can't work Sundays. 
I can't work Sunday morning. It's or even Sundays. It's the Lord's Day, and I go to church, and I'm like, okay. And then he's like, well, I can't work Wednesdays either because I I have church on Wednesday. I'm like, okay. And I can't work Friday because I have uh, singles <laughs> devotionals on Friday. And I'm like. Dude, when can you work? You know, he's like, well, on Saturdays I like to go on dates with sisters in my church, and I'm just like, I was like, okay, I thought this guy was good, so I, 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 I ended up hiring him anyways. I said, I can't give you all those days, but I can give you Sunday, and we can work with the rest. But, um, and he started bringing a Bible to work, and I was concerned. I'm like, is this guy reading his Bible when he's supposed to be working? So I, I took. I said, hey, Kofi, can I talk to you in my office? I'm like, I really, I don't want your, I notice you have a Bible here. I don't want your reading while you're working. He's like, oh, no, Steve, I would never do that. I would never do that while I'm working. I, I go to a Bible study after work. And um, he never invited me to Bible study, but he just told me about the Bible study. And, and in my office, right at the exact moment, I'm thinking about sitting in my condo, eating Ben and Jerry's, mm-hmm. watching movies, this dark place. I said, hey, can, can I come to that? Is, is, is that for anybody? Like, can, can I come to your Bible study? And it's funny because he was like, I don't know. I'll ask some of the guys and see if you can come. Like, that was his response. So he got back to me the next day. He's like, Steve, Steve, the guy said you could come to the Bible study. And so I came to the Bible study. So my point, my point in saying all that is, is I think we're all looking for God, right? We're all looking for a, a deeper meeting and, and that hope that this is talking about here. Um, let's pick it up where we, we left off. Come on, Steve. Um, where did we? Oh, okay. Verse 23 is where I stopped. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, that's what I saw in Kofi. I saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit. There's the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now, I I love that because it doesn't say Barnabas brought a great number of people to the Lord. Barnabas, to me, I read that. I'm like, Barnabas was just kind of hanging out with this group that was already there, already cranking for God, already talking about Jesus. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Why do you think he did that? Isn't that interesting? The last last we've heard about Saul is a couple chapters earlier. In in chapter 9, verse um, 29, it says, He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. Talking about Saul. Paul. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So that's the last we've heard of Paul. And when Peter was preaching last week, he was talking about Acts 10 and reaching out to the Gentiles. And I, and I thought, it's so interesting because in Acts 9, basically Jesus is saying about Paul, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings. Yep. And before the people of Israel. And when Peter was speaking last week, I'm like, why didn't he send Paul? Good question. He's the instrument. Why send Peter? So all this week, 
I've been like thinking about that. Like, why would he send Peter? And um, of course, pre- after my surgery, I'm laying in bed, like just meditating on this. And and I thought of the scripture in Matthew 16, 9, 19, where Jesus says to Peter, I give, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. <clears throat> and how Peter was the one in Acts 2 who reached out to the Jewish people. Peter was the one who was reached out, you know, was involved with the Samaritans and reached out to the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. And now in yeah. Acts 10, as Peter was saying, he reached out to the Gentiles. Peter was the one chosen to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, and maybe Paul saw was too young of a Christian. Like if he reached out to uh, to Cornelius, maybe no one would. Everyone would be like, "Yeah, we don't trust this guy. Mm-hmm. We don't believe the Gentiles should be part of it." But Peter doing it, everyone is like. All right, we can get on board with that. I, ju- I just thought that was an interesting little side thing there. Um, so in verse 25, Barnabas goes to Tarsus to look for Saul. I think this was the Holy Spirit too. I think I think the Holy Spirit was like Barnabas. I think Barnabas had Saul on his heart. Saul was Tarsus was Saul's home. Maybe Saul went home and his family and everyone he knew was like, what is up with this guy? Right. He went to Jerusalem to be this great, great Jewish, like become this Jewish leader and teacher. And, you know, and, and now he's talking about this guy, Jesus. What maybe it never talks about anyone converted in Tarsus. I don't I don't know that I could find. Maybe Paul was sitting in Tarsus going what is my purpose? What is what, what? What am I supposed to be doing here? And the, the Holy Spirit puts it on Barnabas. Hey, go go get Saul. So he goes and gets Saul in verse 26. And when he found him, which kind of implies he had to look for him a little bit, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And again, it doesn't say they converted a lot of people. It says they taught a great number of people. There's all these new Christian Gentiles. <clears throat> Remember, they didn't have the New Testament. Right. They didn't have all the stuff we read. They, all they had was Jesus in the Old Testament. And so they had to go there and teach them a lot of the specifics about what it means to be, to be a Christian. Continue in verse 27. Um during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit, again, there's the Spirit, predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. I love this also, guys. Like, it doesn't say Barnabas and Saul talked to the people. It doesn't say that they did a sermon and, and convinced them to give money or to give what they could. It, 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 it basically is implying that they decided, right? In verse 29, the disciples each, according to his ability, decided. They decided to give. And I know, you know, Steve talked about special missions last week and giving. I, I just thought of this, like, how, how much have we each decided? 
to give in our own hearts. It's, it's not about anybody else. It's what can we give from what we have, from what we've been blessed. I love this about the church here. Now in chapter 12, it says, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. That's all it says about James. He had him put to death with a sword. And I, and I read this and I'm like, come on, Luke, why didn't you go into more detail? Like, we, we know James and John, like, they were the, they were the um, disciples of Jesus where their mother came to Jesus and, and like, hey, I want, can, Jesus, can you grant my sons a special place next to you? to sit at your right hand or your left hand. I, I don't remember exactly what it says, but but a special place like in heaven next to you when you come into your power, into your glory. I want my sons to be there. And Jesus is like, you don't know what you ask. Like, can they drink the cup I'm going to drink? And here James drinks the cup that Jesus drank. He was put to death with the sword. And I'm I'm just going to share this to you guys because this was a huge this was huge when I studied the Bible. I got to a point when I was studying the Bible where I'm like, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this stuff I'm reading is true. And somewhere along the line, I did a little study back then. I didn't have the internet. This was 91. I must have bought a book or something. But I have this written in my Bible. The apostles martyred. James here was put to death with a sword. Matthew was beheaded. James the less was thrown from a tower and stoned. Matthias, who, who was a pretty new apostle, he was appointed in the beginning of Acts, was stoned and beheaded. Andrew crucified in an X-shaped cross. Mark dragged to pieces in Alexandria. Peter crucified upside down in Rome. Paul beheaded in Rome, Jude crucified at Edessa, Bartholomew beaten and crucified in India, Thomas speared, tortured, burned alive, John was the only one that survived, but even the tradition says that he was cast into boiling oil and somehow survived, and they're like, we can't kill this guy, so let's put him on Patmos, and, um, and then James here um, was killed by a sword. But I remember back in 1991 when I was studying the Bible, hearing this, and I'm like, and all my friends at the time were saying, Steve, the Bible's just a story. The Bible's just a story. It's not true. Don't, you know, don't become a Christian. Don't file, don't go to this church. Don't continue. All my friends said that. I was a musician, and all my friends are musicians. Um, but I remember reading this and going, wait, this doesn't make sense. All these people, according to tradition, died these horrible deaths. Why would they do that if this was made up? Why would, why would they do this if this was a lie? You know, and I've, I've had talks with my daughters about this. Because they say, Dad, it's just made up. It's just written by someone made it up. Or, or these guys made it up. And I even shared this with one of my daughters. And she's like, maybe they had mass hypnosis. And they, you know, were all... I'm like, no. No, that, that's even... That's far, far... That's right. too far-fetched. But 
Isn't that convicting to you? Yeah. It's convicting to me. And I thought about Jesus and for communion this morning. I wanted to talk about Jesus and his example. And I, I found this quote. Jesus challenges us to suffer persecutions and to, conf and to confess him. He wants those who belong to him to be brave and fearless. He himself shows how weakness of the flesh is overcome by courage of the spirit. This is the testimony of the apostles and in particularly of the representative administrating Holy Spirit. A Christian is fearless. Now that doesn't mean we don't feel fear. Because fearless, that's not the definition of fearless. Someone who doesn't feel fear, that's something else. Fearless is when you feel fear and you do it anyways. It's like you're scared to death, but you do it anyways. And and I just wanted to share, I shared um, a little bit about this with Larry. But I had surgery on Wednesday, and, and in my surgery, it's, it's going to sound strange, but... Um, you know, they had me, you know, I was on a table. They, they brought me over to a table, and then I'm, I'm nervous. It's like cold. Like, as, as I was going down the hall to the surgery place, those of you who have, have had surgery know this, they, it has to be kept really cold. And so the temperature was going down and down and down, and I'm, like, starting to shake. I'm, like, freezing. Then they roll me in this cold, sterile room, and they pick me up, put me on this table, and... Um, I'm on the table, and, I, and I'm starting to, I'm nervous. Like, they're going to cut into me and do stuff. I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, and so as, as, as I'm laying there, they, they, the nurse comes over. She's like, can you put your feet together? And I'm, I'm not sure why. And then, then she takes my arms, and she puts the IV and stuff in. But then she puts my arms like this, out. And what's the, what's the thought that comes into my head? Yeah, it was, it was just strange. I'm like, and then not only does she put my, my hand, my arms like this, but then she, she puts bands around them. She's like, I'm just going to put these straps on to make sure you don't move during surgery. And I'm, so she's strapping me down, and I'm like, this is not helping my nerves. <laughs> uh, um, but I, I, during that moment, I just I, I thought of Jesus. And here I am. I'm nervous. Really nervous. I'm sh I, I think my legs were shaking, my arm, my hands were shaking because I was ner I was nervous, and yet I knew I, I'm going to fall asleep. I shouldn't feel anything, although my brain was like, "You're going to wake up in the middle of this, and you're going to it's going to be awful." But I, I had an anesthesia and all that. I wasn't going to feel the pain. I was still nervous, but in my head, I thought, "How did Jesus feel?" Oh my gosh, they did this. Jesus, they spread his arms, they put straps on, they put nails through his arms. No anesthesia, no going to sleep. Wow, how did he feel? Was he shaking? How nervous was he? And I've heard people say, well, he knew he was going to rise in three days. So that it's not that big a deal. I've had people say that to me. And I'm like... Man, I, I knew I was going to sleep, and I knew I had anesthesia. 
But I was shaking, and I was like so nervous laying on that table, and that's nothing compared to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't think we understand yeah. what he went through on the cross. Mm-hmm. And those 12, 12 apostles that I just read, the, what tradition says they died from, they had his example. Mm-hmm. I bet they were thinking, like I was on the hospital table, I bet the, each of them, when they were dying, they were thinking of their Lord and Savior, Jesus, right. and mm-hmm. how he died for them. Mm-hmm. So this morning for communion, I just let's just think about Jesus and how he's died for us mm-hmm. and paid that, paid that price for each of us. He loved us that dearly. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we um, can only just take a deep breath and, and be grateful this morning, God. Be thankful this Thanksgiving week uh, for your son Jesus who came, who um, came with the good news and, and spoke about you, taught about you, taught about your kingdom, taught about a hope that we could have, a life that we could have, a light that we could have, um, but then also showed us as an the extreme example, the perfect example of how to live that life. In the end, he he died because of his words, because of his life, because of who he was, and he died for us, Father. Um, he died because of our sin and, and to give us a hope. And he died to give us the Spirit, God. We spoke about the Spirit in Acts. That Spirit would not have been sent, and Jesus said it, I have to die to send the Spirit back to you. Um, and it's better if I go because I'm going to send this spirit. God, we are so thankful uh, for him, God. We're, we're sorry. We're, we're sad that he had to pay that price. But we're so grateful and thankful that that um, we can know him, that he can not only um, be our Lord, but he can be our Savior as well, God. And um, we pray this and we, we pray that we take the the bread this morning and think of his body that was sacrificed. We, I pray that we drink the wine or the, or the grape juice and think of his blood and think about what that means for each of us. God, thank you for this time this morning to worship you.